Welcome everybody back. It is Tuesday's Nightly News Update with Nick Barry. I'm your host, Nick Barry. Welcome everyone back to campus. I hope everyone had a nice break. It has been enjoyable. It has been an interesting winter break. Um, two, two weeks back um, online due to the Omicron variant. It is 8.08 p.m. in Washington, D.C. in the nation's capital. 34 degrees in Washington, D.C. It is Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. So I have here a guest uh, for tonight's show. It is Senior Stephen Caulfield. So Stephen, do you like to introduce yourself? Sure, Nick. Thanks for thanks for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Stephen Caulfield. I'm a senior at the Catholic University of America. Um, I'm a major in politics with a minor in intelligence studies. Um, and uh, that's uh, pretty much it for introductions. If you want to uh, ask me some questions, Nick, I'd be more than happy to answer them. So the purpose for tonight's show is I want to ask you about your clubs and I want to ask you about your internships. So over the course of your four-year career here, I just want to get more into detail about what 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 you've really been up to and and how your experience here has been so far since you are graduating um in almost a in a few months in in early may so uh first of all where are you from steve uh so i'm originally from uh wallingford connecticut uh i've been living there uh, most of all, all well most of my life um I was, I was actually born in new york city uh but my, my family moved out uh very early on i don't remember anything about that um and uh i've been living in wallingford connecticut uh for uh, most of my life uh, and then uh, yeah came down here so why did you come to Catholic so uh, I was interested in the Catholic University of America amongst other schools I applied to um, primarily uh, for its unique Catholic identity um, the Catholic University of America is uh, the Catholic University of America uh, it is uh, the Catholic it, it is the University of the um, USCCB um, and uh, it's uh, on the Newman Guide, I believe. Uh, it's uh, um, truly Catholic, um, unlike some other universities, I suppose. But um, and uh, we took a tour down here. Me, um, myself, and my family took a tour down here, and uh, we just loved the campus. It was a beautiful campus, um, and uh, I, I, I resolved to come down here. It's in the nation's capital. What, what, be what better place to be, right? That's great, Steve. Thank you for that answer, and. So what clubs have you been a part of? What uh, what organizations are you uh, members of? What what uh, what clubs are you part of? So uh, I'm actually president of three different student organizations on campus. Um, I am the Grand Knight of the Knights of Columbus, CUA Council number 9542, here at Catholic Catholic University. I am the president of the CUA Chess Club, uh, and I'm also president of the CUA Tank Sudo Club. It's a uh, basically a karate club. I go and teach karate. So you are the president of Knights of Columbus. Yes. So I had somebody in the past here, Senior Ben Kelly. I'll I'll get we talked that about that before the show, and so um, what is the Knights of Columbus? I asked Ben Kelly this already. So what is Knights of Columbus, and what's his mission slash goals? How many members are there, etc. Mm -hmm. Of course. So the Catholic um, the, the the Knights of Columbus is a Catholic men's uh, fraternal organization, uh, which uh, aims to serve. Um, uh, fellow Catholic men um, and give them uh, a uh, environment to foster their faith life and uh, to grow in fraternity with each other um, and in that sense uh, we all play off each other to grow each other's faith um, as we are a Catholic organization so how often does Knights of Columbus meet so uh, here at the Catholic University uh, the Knights of Columbus Council meets uh, once every other week 
um, on Sunday evenings. Um, and uh, we discuss uh, all sorts of service opportunities. We discuss uh, how to serve uh, the campus community. So how many members are there about, would you say? Uh, we have uh, lots of members on paper. We have uh, hundreds of members. Um, and uh, I am happy to say that uh, I think our council has been uh, very successful so far. Uh, historically, uh, Catholic University Council has been one of the most prolific councils in the United States. Um, and uh, I, I, I do believe we are, we are living up to that standard so far, and I'm very happy to say that. Okay, so how does someone join the Knights of Columbus if you, if you were the one to be a part of it? Of course. So um, any Catholic man over 18 years of age can join the Knights of Columbus. Um, you need to be a practicing Catholic. Uh, when you um, apply to join, uh, you, uh, we, we, we conduct a, a preliminary interview. Um, just to really get you get to know you better um, and to kind of um, ascertain exactly where you would be where you would best fit in the council um, and then once we conduct that interview um, we go ahead and have you f fill out a very brief form 100 uh, that's what we call it it's called a form 100 it's a very brief form just from, from some basic contact contact information um, and then we exemplify you we have an exemplification where uh, you uh, come to St. Vincent de Paul Chapel or whatever chapel on campus wherever, wherever we hold it and then uh, we uh, instruct you as to the uh, values and principles of the order, um, and then uh, you will be officially inducted into the Knights, and you will become part of the Catholic fraternal organization. Now, the Knights of Columbus, does that lead until after graduation, too, or is that only during a college career type of thing? That's actually a very good question. So, uh, the Knights of Columbus as an organization itself is uh, for life. Um, once you join, you will be a part of the Knights of Columbus. Um, However, there are, um, they're, they're actually not as prevalent anymore, but there used to be a lot of squire circles, uh, which is basically a prelude to the knights, if you will. So you would join a squire circle, uh, typically in high school, um, and you would work with councils in the area. Um, and once you become a squire, you're already assigned a membership number, and uh, you're already kind of in the system, quote unquote, if you will. Um, and then if you decide later on to become a knight, uh, you would then, they, they would just transfer your membership over to become a full knight. Um, squires are typically under the age of 18 because you need to be 18 years of age to join Knights of Columbus. Um, so squires are typically under 18, and then once you turn 18 years of age and decide to become a knight, you uh, would then uh, make that decision for yourself. But um, I'm happy to say that I was actually a squire back in high school. Um, it was very nice. We had a very small circle. They're not as prevalent anymore, as I said. But um, uh, I, was, I, was, I was very happy to come and uh, become a knight in Knights of Columbus here at CUA. Thank you for that, Steve. And now you are also part of the chess club, right? So what is, what is your role in the chess club? So uh, as I said uh, at the beginning, I'm also president of the chess club. So um, the chess club actually, um, as of a few years ago, was actually inactive. Um, and it was reactivated, uh, what do I want to say? I think that was uh, fall semester 2019 uh, is when we kind of got things back up and running. Um, and of course, uh, it's been very difficult uh, considering the current circumstances. but. Um, we are uh, getting back to regular meetings. Uh, we're going to have regular meetings on Thursdays as of right now. That could change, but we have uh, regular meetings on Thursday evenings in Maloney 207. So if you're uh, looking to join the test, we're looking to uh, play some games, uh, drop by Maloney 207 Thursday evenings at, uh, at 7 p.m. Now, how many members are part of the chess club? And also, 
do you play other schools or is it only just uh, really just intramurals against one another at, uh, against other CUA students? So I'll tackle that question uh, separately. So uh, for members, uh, we have a pretty decent membership. Um, I think we have at least, um, I think we have like 70-ish members on paper, I believe. Um, and we're looking to expand our membership. Uh, so if you're interested in joining the test club, please reach out to myself. Um, I can uh, give you the, my contact information at the very end of, end of the show today. And um, per your second question, Nick, um, we had plans to um, get a team up and running um, where we can compete against other schools. But uh, unfortunately, those plans, as they were coming to fruition, <laughs> the pandemic hit and everything just kind of fell apart. Um, so looking forward uh, toward uh, this semester and the semesters beyond, uh, we're going to look to try and uh, get that team back up and running and uh, see what we can do for that. Uh, there's a lot of promise. We uh, cooperate with um, DC, uh, I believe it's called DC Girls Chess. Uh, they, they, they're, they're a um, nonprofit organization here in DC. Um, and we've, we've, we've partnered with them in the past. Um, so I'm, uh, the chess club will be looking to um, expand in the future and really try and get um, actual competitions with those schools up and running. Um, but that is still uh, that is still definitely a work in the process. Thank you for that, Steve. And also, follow-up question on that. Um, so y this club was inactive a few years ago. Mm -hmm, that's correct. You were the help. You were like a, playing a key role in bringing this club back to campus with a, a few other people to get it back up and running again. Is that right? Um, well, I, I suppose you could say that. Um, out of humility, I'll, uh, you know, I I I want to exactly say I don't think I played a super large part, but um, back when the club was getting reactivated back in the, the fall semester of 2019, I was just a regular member. Um, the chess club really. Um, rose up from the ashes, if you will, uh, with a few members, uh, I'm sorry, a, a, a few people's efforts um, who became the uh, e-board for, for, for that year. I believe they were Anthony Apostolidis, Jacob Blackwell, um, and uh, one other person, I forget his name, darn it. Um, but they were really the ones who, who, who played a key role in uh, getting the chess club up and running. After um, the 2019-2020 um, school year I was elected vice president of the chess club and that's when I really started to get uh, involved in the administration of the club um, and then this past year I was elected president so thank you for that Steve so I'm going to be taking a short break right now uh, I'm going to be playing If It Ain't Love by Jason Derulo and I'll come right back to you with Stephen Caulfield on his Hill internships okay we are back coming to you live from WCUA radio it is Tuesday's nightly news update with Nick Barry I'm your host Nick Barry so it is 8.22 p.m. here. I was currently talking to senior Stephen Caulfield. I was asking him about his internships and uh, the, the clubs he's part of on campus. So over the commercial break, we were just talking about how Stephen was part of the pod podcasting club in high school. Now, Stephen, do you want to go more into detail about what you've done with the podcasting? And I know you also take a podcasting class here. So how is this different from being your podcasting class in terms of being on WCOA radio. Sure. Well, I, I can definitely talk a bit more about the uh, podcasting club. I'm actually not in the podcasting class. Um, I was actually, um, I, I, oh, think, I, I, think, I think Ben Kelly was the one who took the podcasting class. Oh, right, right, right. Um, but um, back in uh, back in high school, I was, uh, as, as I was saying, I was, uh, I live in Wallingford, Connecticut, 
and I went to high school in Middletown, Connecticut, which is about a half an hour drive from my home. Uh, and uh, it was called Xavier High School. That's where I went to high school, Xavier High School. Shout out to the Falcons. Um, and uh, the podcasting club was called Falcon Talk since, uh, you know, our mascot was the Falcon, so we called it Falcon Talk. Um, it was started by um, one of the seniors when I was a freshman. Um, and uh, I joined my freshman year, uh, mostly because I wanted to pursue uh, a little bit the ways in which I can kind of use my voice. Um, I've been always told that I have a you know decent speaking voice. Um, and when I joined Falcon Talk, I thought, okay, this is a good way for me to kind of uh, learn how to speak better, learn how to um, kind of you know project my voice more and, and kind of use it in. Uh, prof in, in a more professional setting. So uh, for the club, I uh, did interviews, uh, much like you're doing right now, Nick. Um, and uh, we interviewed teachers, we interviewed faculty, um, we interviewed students, um, much like your your show. So um, I, I, I just kind of thought that was that was interesting, and to 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 see that we we have the same kind of dynamic here at CUA as in as in Xavier. Now we were talking about over the commercial break that. How often on I'm sure you know in your podcasting club back in high school is how often people say ums and ahs and don't and don't really notice it and it's uh it's definitely it's definitely interesting how people just try to fill up airtime but um it's definitely interesting yeah i'm I, I'm sure I have enough ums and ahs in in this interview anyway so <laughs> so I'm gonna transition now to your hill internships so you this is your senior year now. So what internships have you had? So in terms of uh, internships on Capitol Hill, I have had uh, two so far. Uh, my first one was over the summer with uh, Congresswoman Victoria Sparts of Indiana District 5. And I also had an internship uh, the subsequent fall, so summer and then fall. Uh, so summer was Victoria Sparts, and then fall was uh, with Congressman Andy Harris of Maryland District 1. So... How how did you get those internships? So a uh, number of factors. Uh, first and foremost, I think uh, I had connections in the offices. I had uh, a friend refer me uh, to both offices, where uh, I I was I was hoping to really build my resume, and uh, I was hoping that uh, after building my resume, I could then uh, move on to uh, more uh, to professional career. Not necessarily maybe in a hill office, but someplace else. Um, so that was kind of my hope with those internships and uh, I do believe it was a great and excellent experience to be on Capitol Hill it was a privilege and an honor to serve so what were your responsibilities as an intern in each one of those offices? were they similar were they different uh, for the most part uh, they were they were quite similar um, Hill internships are in, in my opinion very similar to each other um, of course it, the duties of an intern differ from office to office but in general interns are charged with uh, answering phone calls, uh, where you will uh, deal with constituents with uh, uh, their issues, if they're having an issue with uh, Social Security, if they're having an issue with um, Medicare, if they're having an issue with whatever, you uh, answer their call and you uh, refer them to the correct staffer or the correct uh, district uh, employee who will then uh, help them with their case. Um, additionally, phone calls uh, can also contain um, uh, opinions, 
uh, people can call into the office and say, hey, I want the congressman or the congressman to vote yes or no on this issue. Uh, and then you will log that uh, so that the congressperson can uh, make a more informed decision about how they vote on certain on certain pieces of legislation. Thank you for that, Steve. So wherever these offices located, like was Victoria Sparks in Rayburn? Was it in um, Longhorn? Longworth. Long, Longworth, Longworth, excuse me. Excuse so, me. Uh, <laughs> uh, to your question, Nick, um, the House offices are located I in three different office buildings. So, uh, the House side of Congress uh, consists of the office buildings of Cannon, Longworth, and Rayburn. I do believe all of which are named after former speakers of the House, uh, fittingly, of course. Um, so, Congresswoman Victoria Sparks' office is in uh, Longworth Building, and Congressman Andy Harris's office is in Rayburn. Um, and I do believe that uh, typically the more senior members of the House are typically in Rayburn, um, and the others are kind of spread all over the place. Um, but that's just uh, that's just the way the offices are laid out. So did you have to attend any committee hearings? Um, do you know what um, do you know what committees they were a part of? Do you know what committees Andy Harris was a part of? Do you know what committees uh, Victoria Sparks was a part of? Sure. So. Back uh, when I was interning for Victoria Sparts, I was able to listen in on a Judiciary Committee hearing. Uh, they were discussing, um, it was a bill in Judiciary, it was regarding, uh, ironically, it was regarding uh, cocaine drug trafficking. Um, I believe it was uh, the Equal Act. That was the name of the act, the Equal Act. Um, that's, that's what they were debating that, that day. And uh, uh, Congresswoman Sparts is on the Judiciary Committee, the, the, the House Judiciary Committee. Um, unfortunately, she, I don't think she was in the room during that debate, but uh, it, was, it was very interesting to listen to. Um, when I was with Congressman Andy Harris, um, I also went to a Judiciary Committee hearing. He's not on Judiciary, uh, but I but I asked to go because they were debating the Texas abortion law that day, um, and the uh, uh, well, I believe the title of the hearing was the the the, the Texas abortion law and its uh, impact on communities and families. Um, so uh, they were debating that. Uh, that issue during that day, I, I, I asked the office if I could be there because obviously, um, as a as as the Grand Knight, uh, pro life issues are uh, foremost, or they they, they they take a very a very uh, key role in my job as a as the Grand Knight, and of course, the Knights of Columbus is a very pro life organization. Do you know what drew you to these offices, or because those two certain Congress uh, woman and congressman's offices, those were two out of 435. Mm -hmm. What drew you to them? Uh, well, from what I uh, did my research on, uh, they're, they're, they're both very, very good congresspeople. Um, they, uh, as far as I know, they are very pro-life. Um, I, I personally would not be uh, comfortable working for a congressperson who is not pro-life, who advocates for abortion. Um, that's just something I, I, I wouldn't do as a personal matter. Um, and especially Congressman Andy Harris, um, he's actually part of the Pro-Life Caucus uh, in, in, in Congress, a very prominent member of the Pro-Life Caucus. And so um, having worked in his office, I actually had to deal with some pro-life issues. Um, and uh, I got opinions from people uh, via phone call saying, you know, we need to, you know, do something about abortion. This is wrong. And um, it was it was very it was very encouraging hearing those calls, and you know knowing that there are many people out there other than myself and you know my, my close friends who are who are pro life, um, and then of course um, the March for Life is also um, 
uh, critical there. I do believe uh, Congressman Harris was at the march, uh, which is very, very encouraging to hear um, that uh, Congressman Harris and the rest of the Pro-Life Caucus and all the Pro-Life Congress people were there to really support uh, the Pro-Life uh, movement as a whole. So um, with Congressman Harris, when he came to campus last semester, what did you, how do you think he did on campus? Yes, so um, I, I was there at that event. I do believe it was the College Republicans who put on uh, an event uh, hosting Congressman Andy Harris uh, for a pro-life discussion. Um, and to that event, I, I, I do believe that was a great event. Um, the Congressman spoke very well, I thought. Um, and he understands uh, the, 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 the pro-life movement. He, he, he understands uh, the future of how to advocate for pro-life issues. Um, he was saying that the future of the pro-life movement is where uh, women can talk about how wrong abortion is uh, because um, they're the ones who actually, you know, of course, they're the ones who actually carry the baby. And uh, I do believe it was, uh, who the pro-life, the, 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 the chairman, the, the, the chairwoman of the pro-life caucus, I do believe is uh, Congresswoman Fishbuck and Congresswoman Kamek, um, who are very uh, pronounced in their, in their pro-life advocacy in Congress. Um, and are prominent members of the Pro-Life Caucus. Okay, thank you for that, Steve. Would you recommend a college student to intern or slash work on Capitol Hill while you're at your time here at CUA? Absolutely. Um, interning on Capitol Hill is uh, it's probably going to be one of my capstone successes um, here at CUA. Um, it is a privilege and an honor to serve one's country, and I think that interning on Capitol Hill is a great way to do that it's also a very good opportunity to, to, to make connections. Um, I am privileged to say that after after interning in two congressional offices, I have uh, people I know on the Hill who I can maybe turn to later. Um, in if, 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 if I want to look for employment on the Hill, if that's a possibility for me in the future, um, just keeping those options open is, 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 is definitely key to finding a career that you like and uh, moving forward in your life in that respect. And um, I think it's also good to gain experience um, of how to work in an office. Um, prior to my internships on the Hill, I think I only had one other internship, and that was actually in archives. And that wasn't really an office. I was stacking boxes <laughs> all day. But um, I think definitely learning to work in an office environment is uh, important to really getting, uh, getting into your career later on in life and developing those, those, those life skills, developing those networking skills uh, is definitely something uh, you can get out of interning on the Hill. So you were worked in the archives on the National Mall. No, no, no. no. Uh, I, I, I interned in archives back in high school. But I was, I, I was just saying that earlier in my life, the only other internship I ever had was in archives, which was not in an office. So okay. I learned kind of office skills from being in a Capitol Hill office. Okay. Thank you for that, Steve. Of course. Now, I want to get to your current internship that you've been telling me about. This is your last semester at CUA. And where do you intern now? So I'm currently an intern at the Institute of World Politics, IWP. Uh, it is a graduate school uh, here in here in DC that specializes in intelligence and national security matters, and um, they do lots of research and lots of work regarding um, intelligence and national security. Uh, they have uh, a very, very well qualified faculty, uh, who a lot. Of, a lot of whom are career professionals in the intelligence field. Um, and it is my hope with this internship that I can uh, really build those connections and network 
uh, for the intelligence community so I can uh, eventually develop a career in the intelligence community. So the intelligence community is very broad. Yes. What particular brand of intelligence do you want to get into? Do you want to get into defense, cybersecurity? Um, what other types of intelligence are there? Well, as you said, Nick, the, the, the intelligence field is broad. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, I don't quite know exactly what I'm going to do yet in the future. Um, I'm not very picky. <laughs> uh, as, as, um, as kind of a general note, I, I, I think getting into the intelligence community is one of definitely the, harders, the, 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 the harder careers to get into. Um, and so I, I, I'm not picky. I'm just looking for my opening. Um, I don't really too much care whether it's, whether it's in defense, cyber, human intelligence, signals intelligence. I don't really care um, as long as I'm able to really get in there and metaphorically, quote unquote, get my foot in the door, um, which is uh, definitely something that's very important for any career, but intelligence especially, I think. Thank you for that, Steve. I'm going to be taking another short break right now. We'll be right back. I'm going to play Lonely Together by Avicii. We'll be right back. We are back at WCUA Radio coming to you from Catholic University in the Prisbola Center. It is Tuesday's Nightly News Update with Nick Barry. I'm your host, Nick Barry. It is 8.39 p.m. here in Washington, D.C. I have here Stephen Caulfield, who is a senior here at Catholic. We were currently talking about his Hill internships, and we are talking about his clubs, and all that good stuff at uh, CUA over your course of your college career. So I want to talk to you now, Steve, about your post-graduation plans. So what is your plan? You're graduating early May after four years here at Catholic. Are you planning to go back to Connecticut? Or are you planning to stay in the area and get a job in the intelligence community? Uh, what, are your, what are your plans after graduation? Yeah, so uh, I, I do believe the graduation date has been tentatively set for May 14th. Uh, that'll, be, uh, that'll be an interesting day for myself and my fellow classmates. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, prior to that, I do believe we also have Senior Week, which I'm also looking forward to. Uh, there's, uh, there's supposed to be some, uh, there's supposed to be a ball, and there's going to be all sorts of parties, and yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, senior stuff, right? Um, but uh, for, for, for after graduation, um, I'm really hoping that my current internship with the Institute of World Politics will yield some form of opportunity for me. Um, if not, uh, I'm, I may end up going home to Connecticut for for a certain period of time until I figure things out, but uh, the goal is still the same. I want to uh, obtain employment in the United States intelligence community, whatever form that may take. I'm not quite sure yet, but um, you know, whatever God provides and whatever uh, whatever really comes my way, um, as long as as long as I put in the put in the hard work and put in put in the hours, um, I'm confident that uh, eventually um, opportunities will arise and I'll be able to to to, to take advantage of them. Thank you for that, Steve. Now, over the the winter break, uh, we had we had Senator Bob Dole die, pass away, right? So um, you've been telling me that you were at the Capitol that day in uh, for the. You can explain a little bit more than I can. So you were currently interning at Andy Harris's office at that time, right? So what were you doing that day when that happened? So you went to the Capitol that day and. They let you into the Capitol, right, for the uh, delay in the Capitol, right? Is yeah, that right? Yeah, so uh, when – I believe that was a Thursday? I th I, I, I'm tempted to say it was a Thursday when uh, they uh, 
took the casket of Bob Dole um, and uh, mounted it up the, the, the Capitol steps. I watched it uh, on the live feed um, around the House offices. Um, and uh, they had the opening ceremony there. President Biden was there. All the other heads of state were there. Um, leaders in the House and Senate uh, were there. They had all sorts, of, all sorts of dignitaries in the room. I was not there for the opening ceremony. I watched that uh, on the House feed. Um, however, um, when Bob Dole was put, um, was put uh, in state, he was lying in state in the Capitol Rotunda, they allowed visitors there. Um, the, it, it was not open to the, to the general public, uh, but uh, House or General Hill staffers were allowed, uh, were allowed in to pay respects. And uh, myself and a few uh, fellow interns, friends from CUA, we went up uh, to the Capitol Hill Dome and uh, we paid our respects. Um, and uh, we were there for a good maybe five minutes, uh, just there there in the Capitol Dome. It was a quite a nice experience. Um, definitely something uh, to remember. Thank you for that, Steve. Now, we also had some current news with Stephen Breyer, the Supreme Court Justice, retiring. And now, uh, we both had Dr. White before, and he was mentioning about Stephen Breyer retiring, and he was appointed under President Bill Clinton. He's currently 83. He's retiring. But he said that um, Clarence Thomas is still the longest. If you think about it in terms of president-wise, Clarence Thomas was appointed under G George H.W. Bush, if you really think about it. I thought Dr. White made a good point about that. But it should be interesting to see who the new appointment is in the new Supreme Court justice. That was a pretty interesting topic. Um, I'm thinking of writing a term paper on Supreme Court justice or uh, doctor, one of Dr. White's classes on the presidency. You've taken the class before, right, Steve? I have, yes. Uh, Politics 310, U.S. Presidency with uh, Dr. White. It's a very interesting class. Um, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, Nick. The um, uh, Clarence Thomas uh, appointed under George W. Bush, and it's uh, funny that Stephen Breyer, who was appointed later, is now retiring. Um, but uh, I would be very interested to see exactly what happens with this, uh, with this Supreme Court nomination. Um, I'm not entirely sure when he's uh, supposed to retire exactly. I would assume that would be within the next couple months. I'm not sure exactly if that was been publicized yet. But um, if he retires within the next couple of months, that means President Biden will, will have to uh, put forward a, a nomination for the Supreme Court, which will have to pass uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, which is quite interesting. I'm sure that will, uh, I'm sure that will uh, definitely be a show worth watching. <laughs> Um, C-SPAN is typically, uh, well, a lot of people consider C-SPAN to be boring, but I'm sure that will definitely be a hearing to watch when that does come around. Thank you for that, Steve. Now, I just want to ask you a question since you're a senior here at CUA. What advice would you give here to incoming freshmen here at CUA to make the best out of their experience? That's a very good question, Nick. Um, <laughs> I have to uh, reflect back to when I was a freshman, uh, which seems like a long time ago, even though it, was, well, it wasn't even four years ago as of this point, but, uh, man, I feel old. Um, <laughs> so um, I would say to the current freshmen, um, really try and get involved. Um, I know it's tempting to just kind of blend in, blend in with the crowd and, you know, just kind of go along with it and, you know, but uh, really get involved in clubs, get involved in campus life, get involved uh, in your faith. Um, uh, this is a great opportunity to really um, get to grow as a person, get to grow your faith, and get to grow your friendships. Um, and I know, obviously, the, the, 
the real reason we're here at college is to study, right? Like, you know, we're, we're here to, you know, learn stuff. We're here to go to class. We're here to do that sort of thing. And, of course, that's a very honorable thing to do, and that's the right thing to do. You know, go study, go go to class, you know, get good grades. Um, but college is also an opportunity for you to really grow as a person. And uh, I would say to the freshmen, you know, be sure to really um, immerse yourself in the campus community so that uh, when you graduate, you are a much better person than when you came in. Thank you for that, Steve. Now, what has your what has been your favorite course here so far at CUA? Ooh, that's a question. Um, <laughs> it was just kind of funny. I was just thinking about this uh, the, the other day. Um, I don't know if I can name maybe my favorite course. I, I can probably name my top two. Um, so far, um, not not counting the courses that I'm taking this semester because I, I obviously haven't completed those courses yet. Um, so as of the end of last semester, I'd probably say my two favorite courses were Politics 260. Uh, that's the Introduction to the United States Intelligence course. That's with Professor Dumovich. Great guy. I highly recommend that course. Um, and the second was one I completed last semester. We were in that same class. Nick. This is the U.S. Congress with Dr. Green. Yep. Um, that was an excellent, uh, excellent class. Um, Dr. Green is a great teacher, and uh, we actually uh, had a model Congress exercise in that class too. That was uh, that was very interesting. That yeah, that I remember last semester it got it got very it got very intense and very interesting. It got very competitive. Yes. To uh, get a mock Congress bill passed. It, yes, it did. It was very good exercise to see how Congress actually worked, which and a lot of it got done in our class, but uh, it usually does not in actual Congress. It, it, t it took much longer in actual Congress than our class, which got passed very quickly. Some of the bills in actual Congress take months, possibly a year to pass a bill. Our bill passed in six weeks. Yeah, and obviously that was by design. Uh, we, 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 un unfortunately, we cannot carry on a model Congress exercise for a year or more. Um, but fun fact, actually, um, I was the minority leader um, for the Republicans in, in, in that class, I played, um, I believe it was Oklahoma's 4th District. Um, and as the minority leader, I, uh, I took it upon myself to purchase a personal copy of Robert's Rules of Order um, from from the CUA bookstore. So uh, as you can tell, I really did, did take that, uh, that exercise very seriously. Thank you for that, Steve. And now, now I'm going to talk a little bit about, I heard the current news today, is that uh, currently the U.S. is in a lot of debt. Have you been hearing a lot about the debt recently? So the the U.S. debt recently just hit $30 trillion today. I just saw a New York Times article today about the debt, uh, the debt today saying, quote, America's gross national debt topped $30 trillion for the first time on Tuesday, February 1st, an, on, an ominous sign an ominous physical milestone that underscores the fragile nature of the country's long-term economic health as it grapples with soaring prices and the prospect of higher interest rates. And that was by Ellen Rappaport. So uh, do you think it could possibly, do you think it's going to get worse or do you think it's going to get better? What do you think? Well, it's an interesting question. And um, I suppose this is my intelligence analyst kicking in. Um, in intelligence, we're uh, allowed to say, I don't know, um, as long as we give reasons behind it. Um, and honestly, um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, the economy, I think, so far has been trending downwards as of as of recent. So I 
I don't know exactly what what will come of it, but um, I suppose we'll just really have to just wait and see what happens. Um, obviously, I, I, I hope that uh, the economy and the national debt gets better, but, um, you know, uh, we'll just have to really wait and see what happens there. Thank you for that, Steve. Now, I'm going to... Um over the break too, I we email we both got an email. Everybody at CUA got an email about the new presidential search, and that's been narrowing down the field in terms of that. So I'm going to read an email I got here a few days ago saying uh, about the new president. "Quote: The search advisory committee has been hard at work since before Christmas, evaluating a substantial pool of qualified and capable potential candidates. The initial group of more than 60 potential candidates was reduced to 29 by committee deliberations." From there, the committee continued its process and narrowed the field down to 11 candidates who were invited for individual interviews with the entire committee. Having conducted those interviews, the number of candidates were, was further reduced after a substantial amount of deliberation, and the committee is back to work with the remaining candidates who will remain on track for concluding the process this spring. So how do you feel as a senior that President Garvey is retiring at the end of your time here? Well, obviously, um, I'd be sad to see him go. Um, he served at the Catholic University, I think, uh, for a very long time. I think it's 10 years, is it? I think it's probably, probably more than that. Probably a little bit more yeah, than that. Yeah, it's probably a little bit more than that. But, um, of course, it's, it's, it's very sad to see him go. Um, he's been a great president, um, and uh, I wish him all the best in the future. Um, and it's kind of, I suppose it's a sort of, uh, it's a sort of honor that we're kind of, the, we're kind of the last class, that, uh, or at least the last senior class he'll, he'll see um, as, as president. Um, and uh, in terms of for the future of CUA, I, I, I think that uh, the presidential search committee has been doing its due diligence. It's been uh, going very well, I, I, I think, and, and I do appreciate that they provide those updates for us. Um, and I hope that, well, I hope and pray that the next president of the university um, is just as good as, uh, as President Garvey, and uh, I think that's definitely uh, one of the critical things to keep in mind for the future of the university is to uh, really get someone who cares about the Catholic mission of the university. And um, I have every faith and confidence that the search committee will be able to turn up a good candidate for us. Thank you, Steve. Now, I just want to get into a few announcements here. So as you were talking before about Steve, uh, there is going to be tabling in the PRIS for this week on Thursday, February 3rd. It is the 100 days until graduation for seniors. So. Uh, so seniors, 100 days till graduation is this Thursday. This is an opportunity to grab your senior week tickets at a discount. Senior week events will be from senior week events will be from May 8th to 11th. Get your tickets before April 15th and enjoy brunch day, food and mini golf at Swingers, a Nats game, and the senior gala at the Spy, Spy Museum. So that will be tabling the prize from 2 p.m. 2 to 5 p.m. First 200 tickets are 20% off, and that was according to the program board Instagram. Um, so uh, are you excited about Senior Week, Steve? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's going to be really fun. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to the stuff they have planned there. As you're reading it off, I actually didn't know. We have a gala at the Spy Museum. I'm actually uh, very interested in that, uh, of course, as a student of intelligence. But um, I think it'll be a really, very good opportunity to uh, have a good time with your senior classmates um, before you graduate. And uh, I, I, I greatly appreciate that CUA puts that on for us. Thank you. So... I also want to uh, conclude, uh, I just want to talk about Mr. CUA last week. That was on Friday, January 28th. I just want to give uh, a give biggest shout-out to the seven of the contestants. I can list them off really quickly. Uh, 
Tommy Stukanek, freshman. Uh, Xander Crawford, sophomore. Rob Milano is a senior. Pete Wachetti is a sophomore. Fernando Cordova is a senior. And Anthony Greco is a senior. And Daniel Demonesis is a junior. So I just want to give a shout-out to all of them. Congratulations to Anthony Greco on the annual Mr. CUA uh, show. That was a very good show. I just uh, want to give a shout-out to Matthew Drawshack, who was one of my MCs for the show. I thought that was a lot of fun as well. So um, also I want to give uh, an announcement for tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night is open mic night in the Priz food court from 8.15 to 10.15. There's a couple few performers uh, showing up playing guitar. It should be a lot of fun. So uh, that should be good. District Donuts is coming along with popcorn, so that should be a good event as well. Um, that is pretty much on my end here. Uh, Steve, do you want to give a few shout-outs as well? Sure, of course. Uh, to all of you listening out there at WCUA, thank you very much for listening. Um, uh, if any of you uh, would like to join uh, the Knights of Columbus Chess Club um, or the CUA Tanks and Dough Club, or if you want to come talk to me about uh, anything we discussed here today, I'm more than happy to meet with fellow students uh, and kind of share my experience and uh, share my, well, quote-unquote expertise. I don't, I don't really consider myself an expert in really anything, but... Um, if, if you want to just come come and chat, come and uh, come and contact me. My email is Caulfield C A U L F I E L D S J at C O A dot E D U, um, and uh, we can get you we can get you set up there. Um, and uh, last and last but definitely not least, Nick, I want to thank you for having me on the show this evening. Uh, it's been a privilege talking to you this evening, and uh, really uh, reflecting back on my experience uh, as a COA student and uh, looking forward to the future. Thank you very much, Steve, for coming on. Um, I just want to give uh, another sports update, too. The Super Bowl is coming up. The Super Bowl is set. Cincinnati Bengals against the L.A. Rams in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. That was a, a very great uh, AFC Championship and NFC Championship games. Um, that was should be an interesting Super Bowl. And also another sports news today, Tom Brady's officially retiring today on Twitter. He finally announced on Twitter today. Uh, he said, this is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I'm not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I've loved my NFL career. Now it's time to focus my time on, and energy on other things that require my attention. So uh, that is uh, his Twitter today that he tweeted. Um, but also, uh, MLB is currently in a lockout for right now. There's been little progress going on that. Um, I'm sure uh, everyone out there has been listening to Robbie Cruz, Andrew Saith, and James Higgins talk about how the progress is going on MLB and talking about the circumstances behind that. And um, I just want to give a, um, a basketball update, a local basketball update. So Catholic men's basketball record is 11-5, and and their next game is tomorrow, February 2nd, at Gianta. So Catholic women's basketball has been on a roll lately. So they have been uh, really good so far. Uh, they just recently put out a press release that came out today actually saying, uh, then on Tuesday, the Catholic University women's basketball team made significant jumps in both national polls, moving to number 15 in the WBCA Top 25 Coaches Poll, while improving the number 18 in the D3Hoops.com Top 25 Poll. The Cardinals' 15-2, 6-2 landmark conference moved up three spots in the WBCA Poll to their highest since March 19, 2013, when they were ranked at number 11. Number 11. Meanwhile, the team jumped up seven spots in the D3 Hoops poll 
to its highest ranking since the team was ranked at number 17 in the final poll of the 2012-2013 season. Catholic has won eight out of its last nine and currently sits at third place in the landmark conference standings. The league boasts two teams in this week's polls. At Scranton is at number one in the D3Hoops.com and number 24 in the WBCA poll. The Cardinals return the action on Wednesday when they welcome Joyenta to Franny Murray Court for a 7 p.m. tip-off. So good luck to them as they continue your way through the season. Uh, George Washington basketball is 7-12, and 12, and their next game is tomorrow. A home at 7 p.m. against LaSalle. American basketball record is 6-14, and 14, and their next game is tomorrow. It's tomorrow at Lafayette. So that should be a good game, too. Howard basketball record, 8-10. and 10. Their next game is home on Saturday at 4 p.m. against Maryland Eastern Shore. And lastly, Georgetown basketball is 7-12. and 12. They have a game on currently against Seton Hall. And their next game after that is home on February 3rd in Madonna Arena against St. John's. So that uh, currently concludes my show tonight. But I also want to say that Wednesdays um, is Priz with WCUA. They should be outside on Wednesdays in the afternoon. Uh, playing your favorite music. Uh, that should be good too as well. Uh, so that currently concludes my show for tonight. Again, Steve, thank you very much for joining me tonight. And I will be back here on Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. Everyone have a great night.